I'm okay with the with the sexism. Let's okay get to what I really sexism. have a problem with. Sandra, that's not what I had a problem with. Hi there, and welcome to Hav and Charles Season 2, Episode 3. I'm very proud I got that correct on the first take, since today, Hav pointed out that since yesterday was the day the first episode dropped, I had put that it was Episode 2 of Season 2. Then I tweeted, after he had tweeted out about starting Season 2, that it that Season 3 had dropped. So I cannot, I have moved from episodes and issues, issues, to seasons and episode issues on numbering so not only can i not speak i can't count hi hav how you doing hey charles i'm good hey you know what numbers are hard <laughs> so is typing by the way <laughs> I, I gotta i i have <coughs> so is talking with excuse me well, episode one, you were having the co- coughing fit that I had to cut out. Now I'm going to have coughing fits that I have to co- cut out. So, yes, numbers are hard. Anything past one evidently is a problem. Or maybe it's past two. Wait, no, I had trouble with the one. Anyway, who knows? But episode two is here. I almost did a bit after I messed up the season three that I had gone back in time previously and come back here and was celebrating the fact that we did episode three and I was like, oh God, just admit you're an idiot and move on. And I swear you just did it again. You're, you're confusing me with episodes and seasons. This is, we're doing season two, episode three now. Yes. Okay. And, and I was talking about the tweet where I called it season three and saying I was going to ah. say, oh no, I came back in time to make that tweet because that was when season three dropped, but I came back and that's what, it wasn't a mistake. It was time travel because comics. And you're a big Philip K. Dick fan. I will murder you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, Hey, welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Do you tune into podcasts? What do the kids say, Charles? I don't know. I don't have kids. Well, I don't know. The youngins, the youngsters. (laughs) I don't know that either. Okay. You don't I, you don't hang out with a bunch of youngins? No, not really. Not not that I discuss podcasts with. Gotcha. So hey, again, welcome. Thanks for listening to season two, episode three. I decided to suggest that we reread the Cree Scroll War from the Avengers run back issues number eighty nine and ninety seven from the very early seventies because the the scroll and the Cree had come up in a bunch of different things uh, we had read. Eighty nine through 97 not 89 and 97 correct if issues if, if you if if you stop the podcast right there and read 89 and 97 you're going to be even more confused than i was reading all of them yeah all of, i read uh, i read all of them yeah i did too so and then you before we jump into kree scroll war you suggested that i read or we read collectively she hulk volume one Law and Disorder from way back in 2014. Yes, um, way, way, way back. This is such an ancient comic I made us read. I, I'm surprised we were able to get through it. Yeah, so speaking of getting through a comic, let's just jump into Kree Scroll War. Kree Scroll War was written before Hav and I were born. Correct, 19, first issue, 89, was in the year of 
our Lord 1,971, otherwise known as 1971 in June of that year. So Nixon administration, Vietnam War is still going on. Just to give some, I'm not trying to make excuses, just to give some historical context for when this thing was coming out and then, of course, written ahead of that. So yeah, there's that. You don't have to defend it just because you suggested it. I'm, I'm, def- I'm defending my dissertation to you. No, I know. I, I texted Hav last night. Full disclosure, I finished reading this this morning. I was going to finish it last night, and I and I climbed into bed at about 9-something, 9.15. Let's call it 9.15, because I was just I was tired, long week. And I was like, well, I'll just finish this. I've only got, God knows, 100 and some pages left. And I started reading. I said, you know what? I'll get up tomorrow morning and finish it. And I just went to bed at 9.30. And I got up this morning and I finished it. And at one point last night, I was texting Hav things. And he said, I know. And I said, well, you did this to us. And I think my reply was... I know. <laughs> yeah, that was, exa- that was exactly your... You know, you didn't apologize. Do not apologize. Do not apologize with going with your gut. And your gut said you were going to like this. And your gut was right, correct? You liked this, right? Um, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't dislike it. It's just, I hate to go to this well every time. You got to take it in context. It was, it was, it was okay. But, it's just a lot. It, it, like most of these things, it was it was okay to good. It's just comic book of a, my big right my big thing right off the top, Charles. Mm-hmm. It's just laden with misogyny and sexism. Oh my god! All over oh, the place, god. like See, over the top. Oh no! It, it's I I had some screenshots on. I, I've had a number of screenshots on the misogyny, and and the sexism and it is just it, it was bad it really was and that isn't even the problem i had with it okay well that's not a bad i don't have a problem with that we should have more of that in comics uh <laughs> i'm okay with the with the sexism I was let's okay get to what i really have a problem with that's not what i had a problem with i i clearly had a problem with that but i did take that as the oh dear god this is 1970 this is glaringly 1971 my problem with it is i just didn't think it was that great a comic I don't even think it, I, I think the amount of work you would have to do to make that a good read is, is a lot. There's a lot. If they redid this, it could be good. There's some stuff, but it was, it was long. It it was normally when I, when I talk about these event books and I guess it wasn't really an event book yet because they did, they still, it was still a, a linear right in the middle of, they didn't do a whole, it's not an event, but it is kind of an event obviously, because it's a touchstone throughout the comics that they comment on all the time as if they had done something good. And unlike a lot of these events, which I've pointed out, when they cram all this stuff together, it's not long enough. This was way too long. It took forever to get to the Kree Skrull War. I mean, I, it, it was called the Kree Skrull War in like the first two issues. <laughs> Got it right. And it did not, we did not see the Kree Skrull War until what? Well, it was 89 to 97, so like 95, maybe? For it to be called the Kree-Skrull War arc from issue 89 to issue 9, nine issues, and then I think less than half of it really has to do with it, well well, well less than half of it. It was a little... Look, and I suggested it because, again, we had read so much about the Kree, the Skrull, and some of the stuff we had suggested to each other to read, and I had never read this, and I had read about it, in other comic books for years and years and it's very it's it's revered 
I feel like or or will liked as you know by a lot of comic book folks that I follow on Twitter and look everybody's entitled to their opinion of course. So I guess maybe I built it up in my head like this is going to be monumental and groundbreaking and then when you get into it and then reading about it a couple things in the look I'll admit where I saw this on the Wikipedia page for the Kree Scroll War the writer so which we should mention written by the very well regarded and great Roy Thomas admits in some interview that he had no master plan in writing the storyline other than he just wanted to get some kind of galaxy wide war between the Korean squirrel into the comics. Yeah. He, he, uh, it shows at the, he talked about, he talked about that at the beginning of the volume we read on hoopla. Right. That that was in that because he, he says, I got nothing. And then I was really kind of saved at one point by Neil Adams, who did, in fairness, it did when he kind of got the chance to do some stuff. It was Neil Adams, right? The artist. What, yes, he did the, the most of the interior and the covers. Yes. And he really, w- when he kind of took a hand in, who's it, what's it? Roy Thomas admits that he had a lot to do with it. To, to make it okay. And there were some good things in it. Uh, for instance, I mentioned to you, at least there's a lot of expositional flashback, flashbacks in a, in a text. And yeah. that, that did sound sarcastic, right? Because, oh my Lord, the dense text on, and you remember, I mean, it was just, I, I, I from a nostalgia standpoint of reading in the 80s when they would do those little flashbacks things, I kind of enjoyed it. But when they do those, did those in the 80s, there was a little more tongue in cheek on them. Well, of course, you know this, uh, super fans from episode. Er, ah. <laughs> That's the chicken from issue from issue. I'll choke that. Wait, I'd like to rephrase that. <laughs> so it's just uh, there was there was just a lot to this comic. Just real quick. I'm going to let Hav give you a quick synopsis of it because I don't think I'm capable of. Thanks for putting that trust in me, Charles. So it starts out where Captain Marvell, the original Captain Marvell, is not, not the hot one. Yeah, not Carol Danvers, who Carol who is, is in, in this is in this arc, um, and kind of an interest of the original Captain Marvel, or there there's a, a thing there maybe. Well, well, she's been she was a character in Captain, Captain Mar- Marvell. As as kind of, she was the very accomplished woman that he kept saving. Yes. So. And so at this point in time when we, and I I never got an explanation as to why, and if you saw something in this arc, why this is the way things were, he he shares time and body with Rick Jones. I've never, I've never read any Captain Marvel other than when he's in something else. And he was pretty much dead before I even started reading comics so it was more allusion to him and different stuff i do know that a large part of him was that they shared time one would be in the negative zone while the other was here so i and the nega bands and we learned that what was that comic you made me read in what avengers forever yeah sorry (laughs) you made me read i know I'm so yeah, bitchy so, today. So um, they so they they trade they, they they're still in the situation where only one of them can be in our universe at any given time and Marvel sees Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards in the negative zone sees him escape the negative zone thinks he's got a way out gets out and that's how you start the arc and then it's the government pursuing Marvel Captain Marvel and you get all the requisite he's an alien 
down with aliens. I'm probably skipping ahead kind of fast there. And the Avengers are involved because it's 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 Scarlet Witch, Vision, Quicksilver tracking him down. First where he appears, and then he makes his way to Cape Canaveral. They follow him there. There's mega radiation involved where it could destroy the planet. So somehow Vision being solar-powered and hooking them up to machines will siphon it off, and I guess that helps. Antimatter is the, the word they were looking for with the okay. negative zone. It's it's the anti-zone. Neg- I, 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 that's my supposition. Yeah, so they do that, and then... The, the Supreme Intelligence, Intelligence Supreme, comes into the picture. Ronan the Accuser's involved, pursuing Marvell. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, and and then somehow this all. Then we find out that the Squirrel have started a war with the Kree, and it's a long-standing Cold War that's turned hot. And there's a line in it that I wrote down that I think was on purpose because it's an undeclared war, kind of like Vietnam was. It was a police action, for example in the context of the Vietnam War, an undeclared war between the Korean squirrel that turns hot, and then more hijinks ensue, and the Avengers get involved. But to the point where, and look, I'm, I'm maybe halfway, not even halfway through the arc, Charles, at some point, the Avengers, as they're constituted then, Goliath, who is Hawk, who is Clint Barton, and Scarlet Witch and Vision get blamed for protecting Marvell, and then the big three show up, Cap, Iron Man and Thor, and like, yeah, you guys shouldn't have protected Marvel. We're disbanding the Avengers, and you get that iconic cover of them saying, "How dare y'all? Y'all are done." And then there's no real explanation because then the next issue is just like, "Okay, the Avengers are back." I, I sent that. I sent that to you. I screenshot that and said, "Okay." I, I made the joke about, "Oh, I guess I don't have to read this anymore. The Avengers are disbanded." You didn't. You didn't get the sense right then that there was something that that might not be them. No. Oh, okay. I I did. And it turns out that the reason it just pops up with the other Avengers and all of a sudden there's things going on is you'll find out later that those were the Skrulls right. that came right. and caused the Avengers to disband. Although their disbanding ended up with them getting captured and Vision almost killed correct, by the cows. And, and, then, the, and then the big three do get involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The real big three. Because and, Vision shows up dead-ish. And then they do a... Is it, a, a fantastic voyage that 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 was the oh my god they do a whole fantastic voyage things where ant-man who has now quit the avengers enters vision microscopically <laughs> go ahead well that that's what he does he enters he vision microscopically and you then added, I i'm guess glad he, you added microscopically at the end thank you go ahead and then he uh I guess he jump starts his brain. I mean, it was just a, hey, let's go inside Vision. And it was a purely a way for them to go, hey, let's look at Vision's innards and how this works. I mean, they could have just hooked him up to a car battery and jump started his ass. Well, look, I will say this about that issue in particular. Really? That is Neil Adams doing the interior. Say this about I, that. Say again? Nothing. I was having fun with your phrasing. I will say this about that. I uh, thank you for that pet phrase point uh, pointing out that pet phrase. No, that's you. I, you you haven't said that ever, as far as oh. I know. I just liked it. I was teasing. Oh, settle down. Well, hey, sorry. Uh, so, I, uh, Neil Adams, the art in that is really good. Is really cool. Oh, it really is. I I will give it that. That that was really fun art. He did. They did a lot of things with the the stuff in the vision that makes him able to trans 
make himself intangible or make himself dense. And they did all sorts of little things with that with Hank Pym. And there was a cool, it was a cool, I guess, homage or just, it made me think of, I had to Google it because I couldn't remember the name of the movie, Fantastic Voyage from back in the 60s, I believe, where, you know, people get shrunk down and go inside a person to try to fix them. And, and Inner Space is the modern kind of well, very loose remake of that, which literally, is cool. Literally, every cartoon I have ever seen that has any kind of allusion to science fiction or anything, they did it in Archer. It, it at this point... The reason it made me laugh, and at that point, it probably wasn't just this huge trope, but now it is just a, everybody takes their shot at it. Archer did it. I, they, they've done it in, oh, dear Lord, I was just watching something recently. It, it, and and they'll, it, now in the more meta cartoons, they at least make jokes. But, oh, they did it in, I just rewatched the Venture Brothers. They did it in the Venture Brothers, which it cracks me up when I'm reading this 1971 comic and it's like, oh, now we're going to do it. Yeah. I was like, okay, so this started into the zeitgeist of let's just do this at a very early time. And I got to figure that more comics did that. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And then speaking of the uh, the big three being really scrolls when they disbanded the Avengers, you also get the now, I think, referenced often throughout the years, scrolls in the form of cows. Yes. Well, that was from Fantastic Four number two. There you go. Because that was the first time the scrolls came along. And at the end of it, they took the four scrolls and Reed Richards hypnotized them into thinking they were, had transformed them into cows because they can transform and shapeshift. I guess they don't transform. That's not, that's a whole nother uh, group of things. So they shapeshifted into cows and he hypnotized them to thinking they were cows. Now, Neil Adams, a lot of people pointed out that at the time, Kirby there were four that they shapeshifted, and then Kirby wrote them in a field, wrote them, drew them in a field of three cows. So Neil Adams wanted to use that. So that's where the three came from, because they came back and there were three cows in the field. So this is kind of a, 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 a major point. This has come back quite a bit. A matter of fact, there, there was there's a whole uh, comic Marvel arc in the last 15 years or so that had to do with those cows were some of those cows were bred and then slaughtered and eaten and the problems that come about from people eating scroll meat I, they they did a whole thing on that and i'm like what the I, okay. I, I yeah no and i there was a and, and i forget which section and i did not research this because i obviously i finished reading this about an hour and a half before we're doing this podcast. So at least it's fresh in my mind because I will be trying to forget this comic for a long time. Oh, I, boom. Zing. No, it, it, re- it, it really wasn't that there was, there's some interesting stuff that has been built upon in this and they were taking from the past and piecing a lot of things together. It probably would have been a lot better if they had gone ahead and I don't know, planned it out before they wrote it do what they're doing nowadays and saying, okay, what is, what is, what do we want from this instead of, Hey, here's an issue. Then here's an issue. Then here's an issue. Then here's an issue. And then here's an issue. Maybe sit down uh, Roy Thomas and Neil Adams and say, okay, where do we want to go with it? What, why do we want it? And so you kind of get all these different moving parts where clearly Neil Adams thought some of this out because they, they, they have a, I want to say a McCarthy type character. 
Senator Craddock. Yeah, who was put in charge of a group, and he was like, "There are secret. We we've learned about the Cree, and there are secret secret aliens out there." And it's the which is funny because he's talking about it being the Cree when it's the scrolls that are really easy. Although the Cree can look a lot of Cree look human, Correct. so they can pass pretty easy. But the scrolls can pass for literally anyone. Literally any anyone can be a Cree. Hav anybody anybody could be a Cree. Okay, Hav. Anybody, you know, you want to do it. I'm just no. I'm okay, not gonna, I'm not going to do it. I don't even know what you're trying to get me to do. Quite frankly, what do you mean? Anyone could be an alien, scroll. Oh. I'm sorry. Anybody could be a scroll. Oh, a see, scroll. that's what it, I, okay. I, I kept saying. Cree. You know, anyone could be a scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Like do you Krat- want to do it? What? Like Craddock was? Yeah, like Craddock. There it is. <laughs> well, and I'm wondering if I'm wondering if that was planned. Speaking of whether or not they had this planned out, I'm wondering if Craddock. If when they started Craddock being the Senator McCarthy, Red Menace, hunting down the aliens, mm-hmm. if they knew they were going to make him a, a scroll at the I, end. I'm not 100% sure because if you read the little blurb from Neil Adams that he wrote in 2000 at the end of this, he did say he wanted to use the fact that there was one of that there were four originally and then there were three in the field and a lot of people remembered that and he decided at some point he decided that well there's going to be a there's a fourth one out there somewhere scroll out there that's been living on earth for a while and they decided to have him have right before all of this started he took over the senator craddock and became him to rabble rouse and he ended up he ends up getting killed at at, at the end because super evolved humanoid rick jones rick no i wasn't going to name him but yeah super evolved humanoid rick jones causes him to turn back into a cree and he's already uh, roused that rabble i mean turn into a scroll yeah Turns him back into a scroll. He didn't turn him into a scroll. Showed him for what he is, Great. and then they killed him because the the mob just murdered him. And then Rick Jones says, "I killed him." I, it's as if I did it. It's like, yeah, he kind of did it to himself. Yeah, I, but they do just bludgeon him to death in the middle of the street. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. which is since they were going that down that I, bluntly, some of the stuff I I found interesting were the they were trying to show fascism as bad. Which is because the, the the othering and the what have you that Craddock was doing was that. But then when you go on the other end, they were still doing fascist stuff, but not realizing it was fascist stuff. Because the whole thing, just to get, just to push us all the way forward, the whole way this ends is that the magic ghost of the Cree, the Supreme Intelligence, Intelligence Supreme, yeah, magic ghost, evolves Rick Jones and gives him this the cosmic power. And right. this is something that he explains that humans will eventually evolve to all humans. He could have done this to any particular human because of the heights of evolution that the human race can can become. And that's why the Skrull and the Kree who have reached their evolutionary apex and will never evolve further than this hate even though they don't know this is the reason, it's why they hate Earth. And it's not because Earth sits in between the two places. It's because we're innately better than they are. And that, my friend, is incredibly fascist. Self-serving fascist. It's also, was there any foreshadowing at all that you remember, since you read this a lot more recently than me, that that's where all this was headed in that last issue, I think, really, or or two? I only knew that it was headed to there because we read Avengers Avengers Forever. Forever. And it told us all of this in its less dense flashback expositions. 
Well, and the reason I point that out is because it very much made me think of the, you know, the literary plot device of, uh, and I don't know how to say because I've only read it, Do, Do Ex Machina, Ex uh, Machina, yeah, where it's just a plot device used yeah. to solve the, the problem. The go- and ghost it, in the Machine. Yeah. I mean, this, so, is, this is literally the ghost in the machine. Just to fix the, here, we got this big issue, this big problem, and there's yes. no real way laid out so far to fix it but here's how we're gonna be very star trekky where okay if we just you know decouple the phase inducers we can (laughs) tractor beam the thing away and save the planet and it's you know just makes up something at the very end so there's that and and then before yeah so that's how the, the so so rick jones gets involved by the supreme intelligence stops the kree squirrel war and then is comatose? Is that how we leave him? He No, that's not how we leave him. He's dead. Okay. But we don't leave him there. He that's dies. Right. And he's lying dead. And Oh, and then Captain Marvel. And Go then ahead. Captain Marvel enters him. Right. Because trade places he or needs, whatever. He needs his life force to be alive again. And then they go back to sharing an existence, one in the negative zone and one in Earth. Bluntly, if I gave a crap, I would have to do some reading about the difference between the microverse from the fantastic four in the negative zone of this but i don't see me doing that and oh speaking of the negative zone annihilus is there yes. in the beginning and there's and, and at the Ron- end R- good and at the end and at the end yes but not really in the character. middle well they're not in the negative zone in the middle they banish yeah. him at the beginning and then rick jones ends up back there they the supreme intelligence throws him into the negative zone when he evolves him part of his evolution was throwing him there and Annihilus almost killing Rick Jones causes him to use the power of his mind to blast him away. And then he uses the power of his mind to save himself from a part of the negative zone that will make him disappear. And then he comes back and then uses his power to stop the war. And brings back some golden age heroes that mm-hmm. he imagines. The, the, the Supreme Intelligence is encouraging him to remember the comics mm-hmm. he read as a kid. And he brings back, and I, I made a point of writing, jotting some of these down. Are they real? I mean, I know Namor I, and the Human Torch and Captain America the, the are not st- real as in were actually. I think so, maybe. I don't okay. know. I'd be curious. Um, I, that one I did, I was looking at that going, huh, now that, if I'd had time, I might have researched. The Flaming Skull is one of them. Um, the Angel is, I, I think they were Golden Age Marvel heroes, maybe. The Angel mm-hmm. was one of them. All, and, all of which, almost every one of those was mined, just like the Human Torch, for further characters. Because we have Angel, we have a Flaming Skull in... Yeah, blazing Skull, I think, maybe. Sorry. Okay. But in, uh, who's it, what's it, the uh, Demon Rider? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yeah. And then the Patriot. Oh, that's the, right. The he Patriot. rides demons when he catches them. There or go. he rides demons down. He, he, he hunts them he, down. He enters well, demons? No, wait. No. Microscopically? no. <laughs> No, he just, he punishes bad people and sends them to hell, I think, or something. I don't know. Oh, and we skipped the whole part where they go to what I thought at first was going to be the Savage Land, but isn't, that, that tropical zone in the Antarctic or Arctic, and they de-evolve Hank Pym. Yes, and immediately he, sma- when he captures her, he smacks Janet. Janet. Dine. I mean, what the he hell? Was. I Well, it, it fairness, at least he was a troglodyte when he did it, but... Good Lord, he is just a wife abuser. Yeah, well, that comes that comes up again, right? And then, it, it, speaking of, okay, so segueing into the sexism misogyny, the lines I wrote down, I think Pietro, Quicksilver's talking to his sister about a woman's hysterical fantasy. 
Yes. There's another line somewhere about talking about your male betters. I mean, and... there was a, there was that where those happened in the exact same. Yeah. I mean, it was just we're we're gonna show you. Hold on. And then Goliath, Clint Barton, who is now you know the, the giant man, Goliath at the time, can't get the chicks out of his head, man. He's thinking about his ex-flame, Black Widow, and then he's thinking about Scarlet Witch, and because you know he's got he's got women on the brain. He's got to concentrate. Game face. Yeah. So there's that. Oh, and speaking of of just jumping around a lot here, because they're, they're, you're right about them going back and exp- they go through the whole thing of the Inhumans and what, what who the Inhumans are, and Black Bolt and Triton makes an appearance <clears throat> to help warn and the Avengers. So. All that to culminate with the Supreme Intelligence evolving Rick Jones and solving everything in like what two pages? Oh yeah, pretty much. I great. There were some actually great old comic-y things though. That there is a picture of a scroll I took a screenshot of, and he's saying, "No, my ship is built to withstand ethereal winds, the light storms of hyperspace, but not the sheer impact of a giant hammering fist." Boom. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that cracked me up. Yep. Oh, 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 and that then phrases like this, this is true old comic genius. Thus do brave men jest when death turns tail and flees, and thus ends perhaps the strangest rescue mission in history. Yet it may well be that this has been but a paltry prologue to the most pretentious Avengers saga of all. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was as Hank Pym is coming out of the throat instead of coming into the throat, coming out of the throat of... (laughs) Wow, you're just leaning into that, aren't you? Well, Well, and I mean... You, you can see his epiglottis. Is that the little thing that hangs at the back right there? Is or oblongata, what uh, is it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Thing in the back of your throat. Yes. And then the screen, some of the screenshots. So, so, someone, oh, can, someone can email and correct us at hovencharlestalkcomics at gmail.com. Hovencharlestalkcomics at gmail.com. The only place that we will accept corrections to the podcast. And maybe, maybe we'll talk about it. Oh, we will, absolutely, we will absolutely, guaranteed, unless requested not to, read the email on, on, on the pod. And if Charles tells me we get an email, I will again get genuinely excited I until he tells me. I, I it, didn't tell you today about it because you sent me the email with the screenshots that you took. I so I, I did not tell you, hey, we got an email. So you, did, I didn't want you to go squeak. Yay. Oh, and then be let down. Yeah. As, as Speaking of screenshots, I sent you some screenshots, of, of course. And one of them I sent you was just of Quicksilver. And what, the main big takeaway from this arc also regarding Quicksilver is yeah he's fast but that's pretty much it because i don't know that he contributes a a darn thing at any point i mean there's one there's the screenshot i sent you is when he's trying to take down the kree sentry sentry and then the sentry just kind of smacks him to the side well the kree sentry has evaluated all of their powers and pretty much can smack any of them to his side i will give him some uh, on that because he did better in other places but yes he they've developed the character a little better since then the the ones one of the ones I took was the the Avengers are fighting the Mandroids that Tony Stark invented and Iron Man is there and they don't understand why Iron Man knows how to stop them because at this point no one in the Avengers knows that Tony Stark is Iron Man he just works for Tony Stark I mean he could have just said I work for Tony Stark Tony Stark told me how to deal with them but instead he's just like oh don't worry about it but the way he stops them is the fact that he has roller skates. All of you forgot I have roller skates. Yeah. Iron Man has roller skates. I had forgotten he had... I, I actually knew that at one point, 
because I, I had seen something where they were there. They did something that I'm going to do, which is make fun of the fact that Iron Man has roller skates. Well, when you're going to outfit a, a suit of armor, man, like a number one on the list is roller skates. <laughs> I mean, and that's why he can defeat the mandroids is because he's on roller skates. Which seems like a pretty bad design flaw in the right? mandroids. Well, I, I, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna build in a flaw, which he did, and he said, like, yeah. "I'm gonna build in a flaw," but what's what's something that it's gonna be really weird? It's gonna be really weird. It's not gonna be that common, and it's something I have that most people don't have at hand: roller skates. <laughs> Boom. Sure, why not? Other screenshots I suck and forwarded you. So when when the Avengers, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm just being negative about this. I'm sorry. When the B team Avengers of Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Vision are taken captive, that you have the very awkward scene. Oh, because there's foreshadowing too to this, where there's something going on between Vision and Scarlet Witch. There's a blossoming oh, yeah. something romance. Well, they worked, they worked that forever, and the reason they were able to do that and develop the characters the way they did is because the only place that Vision and the Scarlet Witch occurred was in Avengers. They didn't have right. their own book, so they could do whatever they wanted with the two of them because it wouldn't affect anything else. The weird thing about that is Quicksilver didn't exist anywhere else, and he stayed. He They didn't develop him in any way whatsoever. That's a good point. I mean, he's just a... He's just... Uh, Quicksilver, the best thing that Fox did is make Quicksilver a thing. Yeah. Because they made him amazing, and then he's gone, and the other one's dead. That sucks because they, they have this great character that they're like, okay, now we've gotten something that we can do and now it's just gone. So Yeah, there's a great scene in Days of Future Past uh, that I just adored and loved when it, it was like, to me, one of the highlights, if not the highlight of that movie. It, it, yes, in the in the kitchen when they're going yeah. to, yes, that is the greatest scene in possibly every one of those X-Men movies. So well done. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So... Just going back to the awkward screenshot I sent you of them about to kiss, and it is kind of cringy. We both took, I told you, I may have even said this on the, we both took the same screenshot. Yeah. I have it too. It is horrible. And I hope I will remember to tweet this out when we drop this podcast, or at least get the unpaid intern to tweet this out. Yes, please, please oh do. Oh my Lord. I, I am being really negative about this. As, Just, as well you should be. Just because, again, not to be it a dead horse, it wasn't very good. But I'm kind of because it was so. It was such. There was. It was so built up in my mind, given how much it is so often referenced in a lot of the comic books I read as a kiddo in the '80s and onward, and just really well, well regarded. And then I know you were saying Neil Adams. He did a good job. He did, he did. a great job. He did. Um, he did. Also, I, pencilers on some of the earlier issues in the arc were the brothers Sal and John Buscema, who are two of my favorites, especially John, because he, he was the penciler. They called it Breakdowns and Tom Palmer, who was the inker on a lot of these. In the run of Avengers, I, I cut my teeth on reading back in the 80s. And Neil Adams is really well regarded and good. I just, for some reason, I've always thought, and look, I know he's good. It's one of those things where I appreciate Neil Adams, kind of like I appreciate Bruce Springsteen, but I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I appreciate Neil Adams. It's just, to me, it's very comic book art, not very distinctive to me. 
And okay. that's, look, that's my bag, I guess, or my, and it, look, I get it. He is great. I, I Just, get it. You don't like Jack Kirby. No, that's, that's your thing. No, I don't no. want to take your I, thing. I, I'm pretty sure that's what you're trying to say there because there's a lot of, there's a lot of Kirby in Neil Adams. Well, that's one of the things of I, I sent you was the Kirby crackle in one of them. The, one of the first things when, and I, that may not have been, that issue may have been one of the Biscama brothers uh-huh. where Rick Jones is diving f- yeah. into the thing in the negative zone or trying to get out of the negative zone. And you got the Kirby crackle going all over the place and there. And that is used throughout this arc, the, the Kirby crackle for sure, for sure, for sure. So Neil Adams is great. I just, I've no, I, I do get why he's well, re, well regarded. Yes. I just, I think there's a lot of other comic book artists back there, including Sal and John Buscema who don't get nearly as much credit as he does for being, I think equally as great. Maybe that's my big takeaway. Or well, I big think a sense. lot of I think a lot of the Neil Adams thing is is the writing stuff he does as well. That's true. Because or or he, plot or plot well, development. Well, plotting plotting is writing. I right. They, I get you. Even I if it's even saying. if it's pre writing, it's still plotting is an incredibly important part of writing anything. Lord knows this whole arc could have really used some pre plotting. So. Well, and, and also, let me also say this. Neil Adams has some of the most iconic comic book covers mm-hmm. out there. I mean, the one from this run where it's the Avengers, the big three banishing the, you know, the Vision, Scarlet Witch, Goliath, and Vision. He's got the one for Batman back in the day where it's a huge Joker with Batman on the playing card. He's got the one, what's the other one? Superman busting the chains. He, he, he's got a lot of iconic like i said just really well known combo covers because he is he is great it just i think i'm gonna kind of go back on what i said but he is great it just i hate i hate that you hate him again john buscema and sal buscema i don't feel like get as much you know talk they're not talked about as much in the same vein or being on the same level which i think they are okay okay so there you go just because uh, I, I sometimes do a good job. We sometimes do a good job of this. Sometimes we don't. Written by Roy Thomas. Said that. We did all of that. We did all of that stuff. Yes. And yeah. then you just talked about the artists for like. I sure did. 15 minutes. Okay. At Thank least it's, it, it's, it seemed. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> did, uh, did for, I first, first you hate him. Then you like him. But then you think that the other people deserve more credit than he does. Then you're like, well, maybe not at more credit, but at least as much credit. You were all over the place. So you just don't want me to talk through my feelings with you, Charles, is what I, you're trying I, to say. I, I guess you're this welcome. is in a safe... I, I thought this was a safe place. I I do not know what ever gave you that idea. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I am not your therapist, but don't know. If you truly have need to talk about your feelings with me, I am very happy to listen. I meant my feelings about Neil Adams. Oh, you well. know what I was getting to. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you want to open this up to some other problems you're having in your life, I'm sure no one would mind listening. I was talking to how I felt about Neil Adams. I know. It took me, I it g- took me about three days we, to get through it. We, 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 you, you, you went a long way around on that. But I do I love how you came back to, oh, wait, I said people that I said I might not really like someone that's an icon of the genre. I had better backtrack and find a reason why I actually like him. Stick to your guns, brother. Come on. Anyways. So, yeah. Um, that was are you, are you going to are you going to watch your favorite movie, Dark Phoenix, today? Am I going to try again? <laughs> There's also and I don't know is there there was also another great scene of 
Quicksilver in those movies. It was the one where he rescues all the mutants out of the mansion before he gets blown up. And I don't remember. Was that, oh, it was the movie with, oh, what is the name of that? Apocalypse? Is that, I was going to say, is it Apocalypse? It's Age of Apocalypse. I think it's Age of Apocalypse because it's the only good thing in that movie. Well, I mean, it's not the only good thing, but I that wasn't that wasn't a great movie. But that scene is amazing for just the same reasons the scene from Days of Future Past was amazing. It's just like, oh my gosh, let's do this stop screen thing. I I enjoy that when they've done limited things like that on the Flash TV show. They they'll do stuff like that sometimes, but not at the same. And I don't, I I, I love that. I'm hoping the Flash movie will do stuff like that. Oh, I hope so. Got to be surprised. Uh, I'm also hoping they... the Flash movie will be good, but I'm not gonna hold my breath. I'm hoping the Flash movie is just really Michael Keaton being Batman again. That's all I want. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Selfishly. That's fine. Anything else that you feel you need to pick on me about regarding Kree Scroll War? I feel I have been nothing but nice to you about this. <laughs> you have been. I'm, I, I, okay. I, I, I kid. I, wanna, I kid. I want to be perfectly clear. That was difficult to read. It was just so dense. Really, I, I joke sometimes about they're just picture books, Hav, but... There was a lot of dense text that wasn't, it wasn't exactly smooth reading prose here. This was something you had to chew through. And it's like, oh my goodness. They, there were a number of places where I was reading stuff and I was mentally editing it in my mind because there'd be phrases going down the page. And I'm like, well, you just said that in a different way up here. And you say, I mean, it's just the same character is just repeating himself. In another way, and I'm like, you could have picked one of those, or, and here's a better idea, you could have rewritten what he was saying and said it shorter and more pithy and better, and just had one little speech bubble, because it was just over and over. I gotta, I think I, I gotta find that one I sent to you earlier, or last night I sent you this. It, it is, Goliath has arrived, and... He says, this is your 10-foot Toreador talking at your crew. Just got a call from Janet Pym. Hank's ever-loving spouse, spouse, otherwise known as the Wonderful Wasp. Didn't get it all, but seems there's trouble brewing up in Alaska where she and Hank are. So I'm off for the big ice box and hoping the rest of you are too far behind. This sounds big over and out. I emailed that to you with the phrase, what the fuck? <laughs> He's trying to tell him what's going on, man. And the reader. Here's, what's, here's, the, here's the skinny. There he's, is a lot of he's there hip, is a, he's cool he's forty five. <laughs> there is a lot of usage of of hip cool phrases by oh Rick my Jones. Lord. That's another thing, which is he makes a reference to the Green Bay Packers because what's his face Quicksilver throws something super fast. He's like, that's great, and you could be a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Forty two could do, and <laughs> there's there's all sorts, and he's always calling Quicksilver Quickie. Yes, and, oh yeah, they're and, trying trying to make a nickname. And he's 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 the snapper car of the Avengers, sure. And he so he's got to be the he's the conduit for the kiddos, so yes. that they can relate to mm-hmm. to the Avengers. And yeah, yeah, okay, I I know we're I, look, they they've obviously used a lot of what happened in this thing over and over again in different iterations. The, the Secret Invasion, for example, there would not be Secret Invasion without this, which the MCU apparently is going to use heavily coming up from what I can tell or something. There's going to be a show or something. Well, I, I have no problem with them updating this. I think that'll be fine. I'm looking forward to Secret Invasion personally. Me too. I also like that. And the, I'm, hoping the, we, I'm hoping we get Spider-Woman, but we're not going to. You, you never know. You never know. I was going to say, oh, the, 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 also, the also cool thing I thought was that Ronan the Accuser. Yes. Is, Ron- is in it? it? Well, for the MCU version of Ronan the Accuser, kind of... Pretty spot on take of him in the MCU from the comics. 
Yes. You, 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 is is very plain to see, which is kind of neat that they're not trying to retool the look and the the backstory. It's just no, this guy's a this guy's an ass, and and this is how he looks. Deal with it. And he looks different than a lot of the other Cree, if not all the other Cree. And we're not going to really explain it. It's just it's just his 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 bag. This is what he does. This is his garb, and he's a zealot. And that's all you need to know. Roll with it. And I I kind of dig that. Yeah, no, that that was good. Of course, they they kind of one trick, one tricked Pony Ronan, and I mean they brought him back in Captain Marvel, but he was barely there. And then they killed him at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's not like they didn't really have to go big deep into character development with him. They were just like, nope, we you're here. You're gonna do this. You're gonna lead us to the point where Thanos says, "Fuck this, I'll do it myself," and off we go. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. Any other big notes or takeaways? I know you didn't take notes, but it, I, I feel it, personally attacked. You trying to get my notes out of me because I'm show, I'm showing off my notes. Look at all the notes I, I, took. I, I, I see them. Good for you. Because I well because my memory is for well for, that, for that the doo-doo. that and lawyers take notes. That is true. Well, speaking of lawyers, see, see what I did there. Yeah, you're 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 good. <laughs> speaking of lawyers, you suggested we read She-Hulk Volume One: Law and Disorder. Mm-hmm. That was published originally in the year 2014. Okay. I was like, no, it's not that old. Um, And we meet She-Hulk, also known as Jennifer Walters, and she is working at a big firm. But I'll let you, it was your suggestion. So if you want to give everybody a a brief kind of 101 of what we're walking into here. Brief 101 of what we're working into. She-Hulk is the a cousin of Bruce Banner. She was shot by mobsters while Bruce Banner was around, and he did not. At that point, his Hulk powers were diminished somehow, so he did not think he was the Hulk. She needed a blood transfusion, so he gave it to her because he was family and it would work, and because of that, she became She-Hulk. She-Hulk has never been the raging Hulk the way the Hulk was. They did do a recent, a much more recent arc in the last couple of years where she did become that because during Civil War II, she almost died. And by almost died, she was in a coma for a long time. When she came out of that, she had some real Hulk things going on. But in this, she's pretty much Hulk almost all the time. She's very rarely Jennifer Walters. She's almost always She-Hulk, which is to me, an interesting aspect of that character. She's decided, hey, I can be this strong, sexy, green. That's right. I said sexy. She-Hulk is sexy. And and I can be this all the time. Why wouldn't I be? Ain't nobody going to mess with, with She-Hulk. So she's working at a big firm. She goes in for her performance review, knowing she is going to get a kick-ass bonus. And she's bucking for maybe a raise. And they tell her... That what she did wasn't good enough because they really just wanted her to bring in business because she's She-Hulk and where are all these superheroes and Tony Stark and all these people that she knows and why the hell can't she be that? So she quits or they fire her. I can't quite remember which way it went. It seemed to be one of those mutual. Yeah, it's just a big, I think what I texted you was, I texted you, I sent you the screenshot of, of, of the one of the scenes when she's she's going into the review with the partners because she's not a partner. Yeah. Thinking she's she's billed over 3,000 hours, which if you do the math on billing over 2,800 or 3,000 hours, it you the lawyers that work at these big law firms do, that's they live, breathe, eat, sleep, their job. 
And look, I, I have full disclosure in case y'all haven't picked up on this. I, my day job is a lawyer. I've never worked at one of those big firms. My lovely, beautiful wife has worked at one of the at some of those big downtown law firms. Not to overshare, I'm not going to say which, but and look, she had a, a, okay, a great experience at, at most of them, if not all of them. It's just they demand a lot of time, and then you think, well, how about something for the effort? And here's the thing: at those firms, there's a finite amount of partners, and then each of those partners have associates that are feeding them, feeding the firm and feeding the partners. I, I, I called the screenshot I sent you big law firm pyramid scheme because not every associate is going to make partner. It's, yeah. just, it's just numbers. And you can have associates that kill themselves billing. So when I saw this, it just really struck a chord like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that happens. You can, you can do everything you're expected to do and them tell you, thanks for the effort. Do it mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And so, yeah, she quits or they fire her. Well, well in uh, fairness, in fairness, what they were telling her is they didn't bring her on board to Bill. They brought her on board to end up as a partner because if she starts bringing in Tony Stark and that kind of contact as her account, they're almost going to have to make her a partner. Which goes to the other thing that they don't tell you about maybe in law school that, yeah, doing the legal part of it is one thing, but also developing business, getting clients, ongoing clients, that, quote unquote, being a rainmaker. That's how you become a, a, a partner or an, a, at least an equity partner. Yeah. And then what you have happen, though, is, OK, if you're doing that and you're bringing in all this business, why am I going to share share? Mm -hmm. You know, so. Anyway, so that, that's going down the, that little tangent of the legal side of it. But so she, yeah, she quits. She hangs her own shingle, as they say in the in the legal business. She starts her own office and in Dumbo. And what? In Dumbo. In Dumbo. Yeah, down under the Manhattan Bridge oh, overpass. Yeah, that's right. I, that's right. right. Dumbo. Down. Yeah. Right, I got that right. Right. Down under the I Manhattan think, Bridge overpass. I yes. think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I I really like this because she she chooses a building that is run by a former superhero that it no yeah. longer has powers because of M owns because the, of M day. Yeah. A, a, and, and, or a few, yeah. And it's all powered people in that. So yeah. everybody in that building is powered. And because she says when she Hulk was asking, she's like, well, I know the problems with doing this kind of stuff. You kind of have to, you need a safe place. And most buildings won't lease to people like, us because things happen and so it's it's a kind of a fun environment that it it that continues with some other people i think it, at one point when hellcat there's a hellcat arc and she puts out her shingle because she's in hellcat's in this she's going to do some investigation for she hulk and she puts her shingle in that building and it's a lot of it it, it's a the whole point of this was it's a fun comic and there's going to be a she hulk show so i wanted to have I wanted to read some She-Hulk because I, I think I've mentioned I used to read She-Hulk as a kid. I, I just like the character. I was going to say, a, a, I thoroughly enjoyed this comic book to the point where when I was done, and we'll get there eventually, because of the way it ended, mm -hmm. I immediately borrowed the next volume, just immediately. And then going back to what you're saying, growing up, I was first introduced to She-Hulk really in Fantastic Four when John Byrne was on it. Me too. Loved, loved her in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she was in the Avengers there for a little while. What, wasn't it West Coast Avengers? No, she was she in was an Avengers okay. proper. Okay, so that that was when I was reading a little bit of Avengers. Was when She Hulk was in it. Yeah. So yeah, I read right a little, after. Except I think I read. Didn't she have her own book? I may have read. It, some I was going to say book. she did. She did yeah. the Sensational She Hulk, also by John Byrne, which I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed. Which was where uh, in that she's breaking the fourth wall a lot, and way before Deadpool's doing it. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
thoroughly enjoying that when and I didn't read the whole run. It was a it wasn't a short run, but it wasn't a hundred issue run either. Yeah. But it was a few dozen issues, I want to say. I might be just completely making that up. But yeah. She's a fun character. Yes. I mean, everything about her is just fun. One, uh, I pulled up one of the screenshots you have here, which was one of my one of my favorite scenes in it. In this issue, she's talking to, I believe it's the Shocker. And one of the things I noticed about the art in this is they did not draw these characters to be comic book good looking. They went for it's still comic booky art, but it's also a more realistic facial structure of people so in in this one in particular she's talking to him and it's a great thing because she's talking to the shocker and she's saying thors there's only one thor and shocker's like nah lots the fat one with the red beard the hot blonde gal that weird one with the horse face those guys aren't thors that's volstag and valkyrie and yep thors trust me they're all thors right (laughs) but they're even even so she's not this gorgeous she-hulk in this and she's also not when she turns into jen walters she's not this gorgeous sex she's she's an attractive woman don't get me but you know what i'm you, you get what i'm saying on the way they draw characters sometimes of these just say let's try to make a perfect physical specimen yeah where they accentuate certain uh, yes it, let, let's go for true beauty and i'm not even talking about the the hey let's give them a woman large breasts i'm talking about even just in the face, let's go for perfect classical beauty on every character. Which gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I like sometimes the more realistic art. Well, and I did thoroughly enjoy the art in this. Uh, Javier Polito did the art early on. And then there you can tell in, in the arc there is a switch in artists. And it's just different. It's still cool. In the last few issues of this arc, and I'm struggling to find who did the last few, I think anyway... Anyways, I, I feel like they switched up artists towards the end. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be absolutely wrong about this. So anyways, because you can tell that one screenshot I sent you of her sitting down with Shocker, that art I think is distinctive and different. Oh, yeah. Than it, art that, that, yeah, it's completely different. It's, it the, reminded the, me of art from Bitterroot. Yeah, that, that's bit. absolutely. That is very, very much like Bitterroot. Yeah, the other ones, the other art is more comic book art that we're used to but it's also not got the same it's still good with the features on the characters it's it's drawing more realistic looking characters does that make sense yes oh and the art the change up in the art ronald wimberly did some of the art in this arc okay by the way just just want to give credit where credit is due because very different very still still very cool art in this so she leaves her firm she gets her own firm she takes one one file with her that's it. The, she doesn't take the blue the, file. The blue file. She takes the blue file. And it turns out what this is, is it is a, the reason she has it and she's working on it is she, she is a party to a lawsuit that she has no remembrance of with something going on that she has no idea what it is. And that's literally all we know. And then, so that's going to start, she's going to start looking into that. She's also hires a secretary, a paralegal who has a monkey. And clearly, and clearly has the power of hypnosis over people. Right. Which I think is why she gives her the job because, well, you know, I'm going to, and then the next thing, okay, and you're hired. And she does that throughout just places, including later on when she's in court, they're they're in court and she has her monkey with her in court and the bailiff is all, well, I, uh, excuse me, ma'am, you're not allowed to have 
a monkey in here and he's she's like oh no i i it, it, i can have this monkey in here total, oh yeah no, I, sent, I, I sent yeah, you the screenshot yeah yeah total jedi mind tricked him that's exactly what i labeled it i'm sorry man but we don't allow animals in the courtroom how do you even get that thing past security but you'll allow this one won't you huh you know what now that you mentioned it i sure will (laughs) boom done (laughs) done yeah definitely powered it's uh, and i guess shoot i'm gonna spoil it so speaking of the blue file we actually do know a little bit more just to point out jennifer walters aka she hulk is a named defendant along with the shocker Mm mm-hmm Tigra, mm-hmm. White Wingfoot, Monica Rambeau, formerly Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and leader of the Avengers from the run I love in the 80s, and some guy, Kevin something, who was the Night something, Night Stalker, or Night Watchman or something, who I'd never heard of before. And the reason why it's all frustrating is because the little she's found, she apparently was served with this lawsuit, but then it was transferred, or venue was moved to North Dakota, I think, or South Dakota, I think it's North Dakota. Um, and she doesn't remember any of this and apparently mm-hmm. nobody else does. And so she employs Patsy Walker Hellcat to help. And Patsy goes and is talking to Tiger mentions the name of the plaintiff who, I, for some reason I didn't write down. Mm-hmm. And when she mentions his name, Tiger goes crazy and attacks yes. Patsy and, and a, uh, sexy fight entails. Okay. It wasn't that sexy. No, it was kind of dropped. It was yeah. just vicious. But I mean, it was, we did, we did get a cat fight. We, oh my God. Holy crap. I didn't even pick up on that. We oh, yeah, that literally a, got a cat it, fight. It, it was a, liter, a literal cat fight. <laughs> Tigra and Hellcat fought. I say I say Tigra. You say Tigra? Tiger. Yeah, okay. I, I, I I like Tigger. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Most wonderful things about Tigers is I'm the only one. Tigra. It probably is Tigra. I don't pronounce things well. Yeah. Well, and I, I get it you in before. my head. I said Magneto for years until I heard it said in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Instead of Magneto. Oh, she gets another case from. She's hanging out in a quote-unquote lawyer bar. Mm-hmm. after she's gone out on her own and she gets a client that wants her to look into some patent thing. That was one of the most fun things in this, among other fun things, is the true look at how corporations handle lawsuits. Because that right there was how a corporation handles a lawsuit. Because it turns out that it, the case is was a patent theft from Tony Stark's company. And she knows Tony Stark. Let me say this correctly. She knows Tony Stark. They have history. Yes, they have. No, they have history. So she goes to, she, she says, oh, you know, this will just be a conversation with me and Tony. So she goes and then she gets shunted to legal. A dude literally just named legal. His name is legal. And then she gets kicked out. And then the battle ensues in court where he shows up with all the lawyers and has motion after motion after motion, including trying to get her off of it because of the relationship between she and Tony Stark and the fact that Stark Industries is not Stark Industries. It was actually shunted to the, I mean, it is a whole, you sent a screenshot on that, didn't didn't you? I did because I, my, and I labeled it legal entities who to sue, ugh, because I, I have, you need to sue the right entity. Yeah. Yes. And he goes through this yeah, huge. We're, we're, we're moving for summary judgments, change of venue, extensions on multiple grounds, countersuit based on tortious interference, and among other things, alleging that Miss Walters is not competent to serve as counsel in this matter due to her relationship with my client, Mr. Stark, a point you yourself noted, Your Honor. And then he's got an army of lawyers behind him with stacks uh, and is, stacks and reams and reams of uh-huh. stuff that's just going to overwhelm them with paper, which happens. Yes. All the time. You've seen it in like the movie, Rain, speaking of Rainmakers, in Rainmaker yes. with Matt Damon, where he's a little guy going up mm-hmm. against 
the big insurance company or class action movie it, it, with and John Travolta yes, or whatever. It, it happens all the time. It, 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 they, they do that. They, they have the money to drag it out until the, the other side just quits. It gets worn down. Yeah. And, and can't before, afford to keep doing it. Before that scene in the courtroom, it's when legal on the 18th floor is going through it with her with, well, yes, it matters which entity you sue. Let me tell you about the history of, of Stark Industries. And mm-hmm. then it's a huge, speaking of dense, this is yeah, well, one that, of the only dense things. He goes through the history of yes, Stark Industries. That, that was what I was, yeah, I, I, that was what I was alluding to about that is, well, no, it could be Stark. And then it went bankrupt. And then it was bought out by this. And then Stark Industries, Stark International, Stain International. Fuji, Fuji, uh, Fujikawa Industries, an Asian concern. Stark Fujikawa. Stark, uh, Stark was dead, then comes back to life. Uh, <laughs> uh, German GmbH, a Cayman Islands Limited Partnership. Oh my God! And so much so that she said, "Forget it. I'll see you in court." Yeah. And, and then the court scene happens. Then, then she does see them in court. And then they do the warehouse thing or the storage unit thing, which I have been in in storage units in warehouses where there are stacks of paper. You got to go through. Unfortunately, I've never found the smoking gun. She finds a smoking gun of a tape recording where it's clear this this lady's now dead husband did have his great technological technological patent idea stolen by some entity mm-hmm. controlled owned by Tony Stark. Uh-huh. And then she does fast forward. She she finally manages to get in to see Tony. And she was right. It took a conversation. Which sometimes it just does. Well, if you if you do know the right person, sometimes the conversation is all you have to have, which was the, come on, man, you did it. She's not asking for the world here. She just wants what's owed her for y'all stealing a massive patent from your husband. And the thing is, with the smoking gun, the what Tony has to understand is she would eventually win this. Eventually, but it, like she says, it could take years uh-huh. and thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. in legal fees and expenses. Yes. But you could short circuit it now, mm-hmm. and that's what gets to happen in this yeah. situation. Cause uh, is, is your favorite line from the outtakes of Winter Soldier? Cut the check. Cut the check. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Well, the cut reason I the know check. about it is because you, you talked about that. And then at the end of that, he goes, cut the check. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the first part of this. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, she mentions how much money Stark Industries has made. And I forget, but I want to say it was like $250 million. Oh, it, it's a huge amount. Well, it's it's an integral part of everything Stark does. It's it, a repulsor. It's a, yes, some kind of repulsor it's, technology. It's, it makes Iron Man work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely something that if he took that, if, if somebody, and he, I loved his, well, you know, Obadiah Stane, wasn't it Obadiah Stane? Obadiah Stane, speaking of old characters, yeah. he's the one that did it because he d- yeah. he does try that tact. Well, Obadiah or, Stane or, did it. And he hired some guy that was a ne'er-do-well, yes. that's no longer with well, the company. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it was somebody else's fault. Uh, your name's on the company there, buddy. Right. Uh, you're, you're the one that is benefiting from the theft, therefore you are responsible for it i'm trying to think of there's oh and then at the end a little thing that so i th- i remember for some reason the the number being thrown around that the 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 that patent that technology generated i want to say over 200 million dollars at least for stark industry entities or stark and uh, sharks entities but then at the end she's at the bar and now the 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 now ex-client shows up dressed a little nicer with some nicer jewelry on and says hey i never paid you here you go. And I, I'm curious how much money the client got because she gives her a check for $150,000, mm-hmm. which 
depending on how much, I mean, if she's billing by the hour, I get it. But if she got her $250 million and she only gives her $150,000, I'm well, like, what's she going on here? She didn't get her $250 million. Do they ever say how much? Well, if, they ever say if how much he, well, no, she, they don't say how much she got, but, but you're not going to, on, on that kind of settlement, if it made the company $250 million, you're not getting that $250 million. I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, you, I'm you are it's an attorney the, here. Yeah. I'm guessing, I know, but I'm guessing it's in the millions of dollars is what I'm getting at. Well, wasn't the whole, also the point of that is she told her she didn't want any of the money? I think she did some. She did. So this hundred fifty thousand dollars was the was the woman coming back and saying, "I have to give you something." So here's a hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. And if you're billing by the hour, that's a huge amount of money. That's true, and that's the difference going down that little contingency versus by the hour. It's not going to be thirty percent, but it's a look. I have to give you something. Here's a hundred fifty thousand dollars. And my guess is it was in the million range, but it would be single digit millions of is what he did because it's just look we have to do something you have to do yeah. something cut Walk a check away money yeah Walk away money give give her enough money that she'll be fine my you, you never know i mean if i were doing the settlement like that i'm like okay how about you cut a check for a little bit of money here but we also agree that it was stolen and you start giving royalties on top of this at a percentage and that comes in or maybe you just say hey maybe we just do royalties yeah uh, uh, kick some back so here give the what's a small what's a small sliver give the back and then well, continue to pay or like that brilliant. Okay. Dude, this is a weird tangent, dude. So I'm sorry. You, I can't have, believe we're discussing legal settlements to this point though. I mean, oh, legitimately, we're just having, I don't know how many people have tuned out at this point because <laughs> you're a lawyer. And I, for some reason I seem to like legal crap. I, it's interesting. Yes. So we're discussing how we could, how we could <laughs> set up a, well, and if anybody wants to fast forward or whatever, but I was going to mention when the ABA was getting absorbed into the NBA, you remember those three franchises that went away and, uh-huh. and, and one of them just took some money, but like some of them were taking a percentage of the of the TV contracts into perpetuity. Mm-hmm. And there's these brothers that did that for like the Kansas City something, I forget what franchise, yes. where they their yearly takeaway for doing absolutely nothing started out as hundreds of thousands of dollars turned into millions of dollars, turned into way more than that. And I forget the whole story, but it is a fascinating read. Wasn't it a cut of not the whole of the NBA, but of the teams that made it over? Of the, yes, I think of you're the right. ABA of the, teams that made it over, yes. one of which was, wasn't it the Spurs? Was the Spurs? Yeah. yeah. The Spurs were So the ABA Spurs, team. and didn't they eventually buy that? They finally bought them out? I think something I like mean, that. I mean, it they, was a big check because that's when, yeah, because they were, yeah. No, that yeah, that it, was it, that was fascinating. It, that was well thought out. No, we want we want perpetual income. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's a really really interesting read for those of you that like this bunny trail. We're going mm-hmm. on. It, it was fascinating. I read that back a number of years ago too. Yeah. So and I, and of course I can't find out who the heck you know those. The, it was two brothers. I it's remember. okay. It's okay. So yeah. And there's other there's other stories like that, especially in especially in sports. There's other stories like that. Prince well, Fielder there's did something. A, yeah, was, that, that was who I was going to say. He gets a, a million dollars a year or some ridiculous amount every. It's, not King Fielder, the one that was in the Ranger, but his dad, Prince Fielder, and then another one like Bobby, Bobby Bonilla did something like that too. Yeah, yeah, there's one that it's just every year they get some obscene amount of money just because they've drawn out this. They were like, well, we want out of this kind. Of, well, okay, then you can do me this for. It may not be a million, but it is a chunk of money. Just oh. literally. I want to say it is seven figures. I I think that has a time limit on it, though. I do think it's not a forever thing, but it is a long 
it it went on. If it's still going on, it went on for a long time. Now, some people, it's the sad thing. If you have the right lawyer, yeah, you come out ahead over a corporation. But yeah. most people don't have the, and, and they have good lawyers, but the corporation has so many lawyers that we don't win things. That's what's, okay, I'm not going to go down my hole what's wrong with our legal system. <laughs> so, oh, I'm drawing you so far off sides oh, on this. Man. I'm sorry, everybody. No, 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 you're, you're fine because I can, oh, I could go on a rant. So just so everybody knows in case, so you don't, you don't have trouble Googling it. It was Ozzy and Daniel Silna, the owners of the American Basketball Association Spirits of St. Louis. This episode, this, this segment of Hav Types is brought to you by the public library, the public library sponsoring Hav Types since the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. And then Bobby Bonilla Day, where he gets 1.1, almost $1.2 million until the year 2035. When he'll be 72 years old. That's awesome. For a contract he did with the, with the Mets in 91. Oh, my Lord. Because they wanted to stretch it out. So he was like, sure. How did they, how much was that contract for that they stretched it out like okay. that? That's insane. So, I know. twenty. They, they signed a five-year, $29 million contract with him in 91. Highest paid uh, National League player at the time. Then they said, hey, let's buy you out in the year 2000. So they said, okay, we'll pay you out the remaining $5.9 million in annual installments of nearly $1.2 million, including 8% interest for 25 years. That was five. Well, hold on. You said they owed $5 million. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. He said, okay, you don't owe me the rest of my contract, which was over $29 million. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it was 29 They owed $29 million at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Still. I mean, okay. They, 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 they well, wanted to- no. No, yeah, you just you read it yeah, and you yeah. just said they owed five point yeah, yeah. nine million dollars. It, it just sounds like a bad deal. Why, like, did, why did they? The, why the Mets uh, made a bad deal? That's a that's an insane deal. I don't Weird. I don't even understand how that they've they've paid more than in the first six years they paid five point nine. They they paid it off in the first six years and actually the numbers don't even work out. It's not eight percent. That's not eight percent. No, plus eight percent interest. There you go. Or but including or something. It's I, just, it's just. Anyways, okay, we're way down a bunny trail, but it's just fascinating to me when these bad deals are accidentally made, or somebody says, "Yeah, well, fine, well, do it." Every every year, almost every year, the reason I know about this and I had to research it was because I saw, started seeing a tweet once a year with some of the people in the baseball world that God knows why. Oh, I follow them because they do other sports too. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. And then I'm like, what the fuck? And they'll almost somebody will post an article about it. And this is the day where he gets one point whatever million dollars. Almost 1.2. He hasn't played baseball since October of 2001. Awesome. Good for him. So, oh my goodness. Sorry. So She-Hulk does a good job doing a good deal for somebody just like the the St. Louis franchisees got a good deal and apparently hopefully had good lawyers and Bobby Mania had good lawyers. Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk does right by her client. And then... Next client in the door is none other than Christoph Doom. Von Doom. Von Doom. The son of... How dare you leave the Von off? Victor You, you Von realize Doom. Doom's going to kill you now. I know. I mean, he's... Dr. Doom. He, he's like Putin except in armor. armor. I, I, I didn't go to eight years of evil <laughs> medical school to be called mister. <laughs> right. And he wants, uh, he wants to apply for asylum. And yes. he wants her to represent him. And he's gone to, I forget, 14 different big law firms, other lawyers. And they mm-hmm. said, nope, because you don't want to deal with old dad. Yeah. Well, and we also, there. there's a, you sent a screenshot about it. She was having trouble getting 
getting clients because she'd been calling them. And finally, they start telling she found out that her former firm has been blackballing her. And part of the reason she's been blackballing her, they had bought this incredibly expensive oak table or, or, or teak. teak teak table out of the rainforest where millions of villagers died to produce it and she broke it on her way out the door yeah by like like touching it with her finger just tapping it with her finger yes i i did i that that, one of the things superheroes showing off their strength like that always amuses me in comics it's like dink and then crack she she did hulk out a little bit there yeah sure she tapped she tapped her finger on a on a thing to make a point because they were dicks they deserved it they so, didn't deserve it. Don't don't I, damage property when you get fired. Probably a bad idea. Or when you quit. Either way. Yeah. So he comes to her and he I, I don't know anything about asylum law at all, but she she says, "Well, when did you come in the country?" "Ah, oh, about a year ago." "Well, no, it's kind of important." "Oh, exactly a year ago. Our deadline to have you filed for asylum is today." Yes. And then as we've been saying often, hijinks ensue. <laughs> because it is a race to the courthouse. To get everything filed, old school apparently. There's no e-filing, I guess. Got to do this in person. Marvel, have a the hearing. Marvel Universe doesn't have the internet, right? But they do have a fantastic car that she finds in a storage unit near yeah, well, her. Well, the, the, part of this too is they had a car because he had a car and a driver who turns out to be a, who turns out to be a Doombot. Right. So Doctor Doom obviously does not want his son to have asylum. So now we have the Battle of New York, I, the Battle of New York, them trying to get there, and that's why they have to use the Fantastic Car. And trying to get to court is important. And now she has called the judge, and I only, I literally, personally, only took one screenshot of this, and it. And amu- I made I made a note of this too because of this. Go ahead. It, it it amused me, and I'm trying to find my screenshots now. Dang it! There we go. Photos. I, I the only one I did well because it is it, it does link this to some of the some of the other stuff know, we have read here recently. Well, I I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Oh, she goes. She looks and goes. Uh oh, we only have half an hour to get to the court. The judge cleared her schedule for us, but she won't wait forever. There's not a judge in the world who will stay past five. Well, there's that, but she also says before that she called. She's calling in a favor to the judge to say, "Hey, I'm on my way." The judge owes me a favor because I ch- saved her daughter from a squirrel. From a squirrel? Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, no, I yeah. forgot about that. No, I just liked the there's not a judge in the world who will stay past five. Oh, so that makes five, it even... Five is being nice. Well, that. Well, she's doing a big favor. She saved her daughter's life from a squirrel. So right. the fact that she'll stay two five, <laughs> that's right. a huge favor for a judge. And hey, maybe it was one of the squirrels from the Kree Squirrel War. Uh, one of the cows. I don't know. You don't know. You I, I do know. not know. I do not know. Um, That's a... So then, you know, she's getting, she's asylum granted. And then Doom shows up and says, son, come with me. Yes. And that's the end of that. Yes, it is. That, that's the end of the story. So yeah. that was a good run. That was a cool uh, issue and run. No. So then so, she goes to yeah. San Francisco. To, to talk to her fellow lawyer, Matt Murdock. Fellow lawyer and superhero. And superhero. Uh, and not, to spoil, not to spoil anything. Matt Murdock is Daredevil. Hav, you, you did know Matt Murdock is Daredevil, right? What? Hav is just what? reading a completely set, different set of Matt Murdock comics where he is just a lawyer that works superhero law. And how did I watch that whole show on Netflix and not pick up on that? I I have some issue. I have some problems with following following basic story plot. <laughs> apparently, clearly, 
so she goes there to ask him some advice because she's hung up on the fact that she that she thinks her her, her client, her former client at this point, really does want and need asylum, and how far is she willing to go to help her client? And they're hanging out talking about this on the top of the Golden Gate Bridge, which yeah. is kind of neat. Yeah, we, she talks about how great the view is, and Matt's like, um, rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, blind here. Gosh, there's also a cool scene. I don't know if I took a screenshot of that where. Matt says to her, still, you'd think once, maybe, uh, someday, and he just said, we'd never seen each other in court, and never had a case against each other, and she mm-hmm. says, careful what you wish for, pal, and I don't know if that's foreshadowing in this arc, or if they ever do go up against each other in court, but I would love to see that if, if that's happened. I don't know that it has or hasn't. I just, I just thought I, that was I don't, re- I don't cool. remember. It might be foreshadowing, and it, it's also something that writers will do just in case. Yeah. I, they might have, they might have had no plan to have them meet up. But then they get cred for foreshadowing something if somewhere down the line. <laughs> yeah. So she decides to go to Latveria, Doom's country, yeah, the, and the to whole, Spring Junior. The whole thing she wants to talk to him about, you kind of left this out, was since they're both lawyers and superheroes, it is Im- th- a very lawyerly thing is you're supposed to strongly advocate for your client. And they have zealously zealously, advocate. Thank you. Zealously advocate for your client. And they have the their their level of zealously is at a much higher scale. And should they pursue it that way? And Matt's point was no, we we can't go beyond what a normal lawyer would do. Although he did allude to that he did at times and most often regretted doing he's like no you should not do that you should just zealously to the point where all lawyers zealously do don't do it i've done it it ain't great don't do it so she immediately and he knows she's immediately goes to latveria well and he tells her the story about he's defending black cat on a murder rap in new york yeah spider-man comes to him as daredevil and says now she's framed here's the evidence Mm -hmm. to the point and he's kind of telling her you know learn do as i say not as i do because him and him and spidey go to rikers and break out black cat uh-huh. and there's you know it is what it is now i think it, everything turned out okay obviously yes Co- comics but yes. but yeah it's very much a do as i say not as i do and of course she does as he did not as he was telling her mm-hmm. not to do to get all convoluted yes. wise yes yes and yes so, and our video connection has stopped no, we're still uh, we're still on here though. It doesn't matter. I okay. can see you. You can it see me. I just end. can't. See. Yeah. Okay. Stopped on my end. So yeah, she goes to Latveria, and she fights. If I recall correctly, and I read this right immediately after we recorded the last one. So, and because I was so busy waiting my way through the other one that I <laughs> that I did not get 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 a chance to do any review. She fights a giant Doombot, right? Like ginormous. Yeah, like like the size of a building Doombot. Yeah, I that that's the nice thing about comics is they they do try to give them the give their characters something to fight that's on their level. It's like okay, yeah. here here's a here's a ginormous Doombot. Like, Think Sentinel, like bigger, Sentinel like, size, like King Kong size. Yeah, yeah like huge. Yeah, Sentinel size. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, holding her and then she busts out of the hand and. Eventually, Junior shows up. I call him Junior. Kristoff shows up, and he has a he has a heart to heart with his dad. As as much as you can have a heart to heart with your with dad is Doctor Doom. I I when it, and actually he hits the right points. You want me to be like you, 
except you're not letting me be like you because you would never let anybody treat me the way you treat me. It, right. it was the basic gist of it. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. Would you have your life dictated to like yeah. you're dictating my life? And and Doom's like, no, I see your point. Now get out of my country, She-Hulk. Yeah. Before I throw you I, out, I will. I will let you live. He's always so yeah. magnanimous for a monster. I'm choosing to let you live. I'm like, you say that a lot to people that probably you couldn't kill. And I was going to say, his win-loss record, not so great. The, those were Doombots. They always, they, the, oh, God. They yes. always retcon it. It was a Doombot. He's never been defeated. It was always a Doombot. Well, then he doesn't build very good Doombots because they always get defeated. Well, he can't have a Doombot that can be as all-powerful as he is because then it might realize it was him and think he was a Doombot and win the battle. Yeah. Well, and then in the meantime, I'm sorry, if there's more you wanted to do on Latveria. No, no, I'm good. Well, in the meantime, Angie's trekking out to North Dakota to try to find out more about this blue file. Mm -hmm. And she gets there. Mm -hmm. There, The the, the courthouse was flooded or something. And she finds the file. It's going to make a photocopy of it. And dude, tell me if I'm wrong. The dude that was the clerk or whatever shoots her in the back and leaves her to, for dead in the middle of the wintry, desolate nowhere. Yes. Where she is in North Dakota. Yes. Then her monkey throws up in her mouth some kind of gooey green or blue thing, and she comes back to life. Did I take that I, all incorrectly? That seems... That's probably... I told you it's been a while since I read it, so sure. I know she didn't so, die, so that must be what happened. And But she definitely... It just says pop. I remember that. And and yeah, I just, I, I just remember being... I was like, I want well, to read more about Angie and her monkey. Yeah. And, and, and you said you, you did... You went ahead because didn't that kind of where it ended the arc? Pretty much, it, yeah. it's it's it, they kind of cliffhanger the crap out of it. Yeah. quite frankly, I no to the point where like I wrote down. I said I wrote down. I literally wrote this down. Literally, well, shit, I have to read more about the blue file. Yeah, and um, I may go. I I pro, I purposely since I have when I, when we did Miss Marvel, I read ahead because I was having fun with it, and then I regretted it because I was bringing stuff up from the next. So I I I've stopped myself from rereading further along. And I, I, I just enjoyed this. I, I'm glad you did too. I, the, the whole point of it is it's fun. There's going to be a She-Hulk TV show. So what is with all the clicking? Sorry, can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I apologize. Go ahead. That's I'm okay. just trying to find the, the dude that shoots her in the back because I'm wondering. There's all sorts of things I'm wondering about the blue file. Is that the plaintiff? Is that the dude that sued everybody? I have. Why yeah. is he so perfect? Well, I, so thought I, you, I thought you read more. No, I I, I just I borrowed it. I oh, you read. haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. No. So, okay, no. cool. Well, may, maybe we'll bring that up on our next podcast. Actually, we probably and, won't. Well, and I'm a, I was just going to point, I am a sucker for primates and comic books. I love Detective Chimp. I know. You like I the love monkeys. Gorilla Grodd. I love Gorilla Grodd. If you throw a monkey or an ape on a cover or a dinosaur, I probably will buy the damn thing. I, I'm serious. I, Devil, you know Devil Dinosaur, Godzilla... Comic books. There is nothing wrong with the nothing wrong with you liking what you like. Yeah. Even him. It's okay. And I remember a DC like publisher or one of the head honchos at DC years ago. And and this is after I figured out that I love Detective Chimp uh-huh. and Di- De- Devil Dinosaur by Jack Kirby. Something I like, else for you. I like Devil Dinosaur. You do? Yeah. Did you like the redo they did here recently with the little girl? Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? Yes, yeah. I absolutely adored that. It, so great. Did you you read it? Yeah, and that is I truly that is truly a kids comic. 
they, they wrote it, it for my, kids and yeah, it ahead. is outstanding to the point where I was so disappointed. I have nieces that are six and eight now and a goddaughter, my cousin's kid who is nine and I got them all a couple issues of it and they could have cared less about it. I That's was okay. so disappointed. That's okay. I thought this is perfect. It's a little girl. It's in a comic book. It's going to be, they're going to love it. They're going to get into comic books and wah, wah. Yeah, it's uh, okay. But yeah. Oh no. Cause a publisher long ago has apparently said that you want to sell a comic book, put a monkey on the cover or a, or a, or a dinosaur and it'll sell. People love monkeys and dinosaurs. They do. Godzilla. Yeah. King Kong. Yes. King King um, Kong. Oh, yeah. He's a monkey. I was like, he's not a dinosaur. <laughs> I'm not very bright. So one of the things I did want to, uh, unless there's more you want to talk about She-Hulk no, in particular. Not not in particular. The one thing I take away from reading these two things together, you had the sexist misogyny of Kree Scroll War mm-hmm. and in and, and treating Wanda, Scarlet Witch, and Janet, mm-hmm. Wasp, just so poorly and so mm. over the top sexist versus She-Hulk where she is large and in charge. Empowerment. Yeah. So the things have changed a little bit. She-Hulk is badass. She is. She is. So this, the, is, it, this is my woke agenda. It is. Gosh darn it. They would hate. You mentioned that you wanted to do, that you were making a point of recommending or suggesting we read. I, I was joking about that. I know. Okay. Uh, yeah. I no. No. I. I, I made a joke a because I keep because I keep bringing. It, it has nothing to do with any kind of agenda. These are comic books I really, really like, and that's the whole point of reading them. I, I, I'm not. I'm not doing comic books for an agenda thing. I'm like, these are comic books I like. Let's read them and let's talk about them. No, and they, they happen to be uh, female centric. So. Well, how dare you? Yeah. That's not. A, those aren't the comic books I grew up reading. <laughs> well, except. They literally were. You and I read I, She-Hulk when we were I reading comic books. I love She-Hulk. Yeah. I, to, I, I looked up and saw that, speaking of She-Hulk, that the sensational She-Hulk by, by John Byrne from, that started in 88 is on Hoopla. Oh, I may, I may have to delve into that then. I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking. And I was thinking about jokingly, but playing it straight, saying, and now we're going to do the first the first arc of the original Fantastic Four, just to go full scale, just to try to draw you off sides, just see how, because that's where Sue Storm was getting kidnapped all the time. Oh my God. And it, Reed Richards is just an over-the-top chauvinistic pig. I, I would actually be fine. Uh, one of the first comic book podcasts I listened to when I first started reading listening to podcasts was one called it started out with screw it we're just going to talk about spider-man and it's <laughs> it's two brothers and they are you give you i sit right in between them on ages one was born in 70 and one was born in 76 so i am literally i and they have they actually have a brother who's my age and they growing up they read the reprints of the original spider-man arc and so they did Every episode was one of the issues of Spider-Man, starting with Amazing Fantasy 1. Wow. Or whatever, Amazing Spider... No, it wasn't Amazing Fantasy Amazing 1. Fantasy was, 15. Yeah, that, that, sorry. And then yeah. they, and then the Spider-Man, and then they went through each one through this, their first season. Then they came back with, because they also read the Fantastic Four ones, the, the reprints, so they did the th- same thing with Fantastic Four, although they, did, they didn't do one episode. Uh, per issue they did a few and i started listening to that but I, i'm not 
as big a fan and oh my god you were so right so yeah i would absolutely if you do at some point want to read that first arc we can talk about it because it's a just from a, a history of comic books and where they where what this new era of comics that started in the silver age with the marvel comics started with and what it's become become would be an interesting compare and contrast talking about themes of comics and how much they put in those first few episodes i mean issue two <laughs> thank you issue two was you're so excited about that issue two was the uh was the scrolls as we talked about already yeah. and how quick they got to dr doom and how quick they did all sorts of things so no you could absolutely suggest that speaking of suggesting what do you want to read next time so i am going to at some point probably suggest that original ff run by lee and kirby no 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 i will probably not, not the run we're not reading the whole run we're going to read the whole <laughs> then we're going to have to do more than one podcast on that i mean the first whatever yeah six issues or something mm -hmm. but also another run i'd like to explore fantastic four wise that is she hulk centric is john burns run on okay. fantastic not and not that whole run because that is voluminous mm -hmm. but some of that but no i'm going to change it up radically i'm going to suggest and i had it pulled up that we read the first arc of dc's starman the 1994 comic and i bet you it's something you have never read we we find out about him in. Do you remember when we read Golden? Yeah, no, Age? I know, I know who you're talking about. Same yeah, it's author. the same author. S same, we talked yep. about that. Is so, it on Hoopla? It sure is. Cool. Okay, we can do that. I can tell you're enthused. No, I actually remember liking some stuff about him. I might like this. I I remember saying at the time you brought it up that I might read that. I might like it yeah. because I liked I liked that writer. And I actually liked that character. So, no, I could enjoy that. So, screw you, Hoff. I might like something you've suggested. I've liked a lot. I would I say I, I've liked the majority of the things you have suggested. I would Thank say I've liked that. I would say I've liked some of the things. I've liked a <laughs> I like this one thing part of this there's this pa there's this panel on this one page <laughs> of this one comic, of this one arc. And I don't remember which it was, but I think it was not, it didn't make me vomit into my mouth a little bit. That's, that's high praise. That's high praise. The old guard is what I'm suggesting. I, and I have, what, what, huh? I brought that up last year because there is a, they made a movie out of it on Netflix with Charlize Theron. It's called The Old Guard and it's by. Is it on the hoopla? It is on the hoopla. It is The Old Guard by Mike uh, Greg Rucka, R-U-C-K-A, oh, yeah. and Leand Leandro Fernandez. It's a miniseries, old, old soldiers never die and some of them don't even fade away. Cursed with immortality, Andromica of Scythia and her comrades in arms ply their trade for those who can find and afford their services. But in the 21st century, being immortal is a difficult secret to keep, and when you live long enough, you learn there are many fates worse than death. I read it oh. before I watched the movie, and I quite liked it and then i watched when i i only found out about this because they made a movie it's from 20 the the books from 2017 and when they made the movie i was like huh and i found it on hoopla and i read it and then i watched the movie and i enjoyed the movie too but i'll be i'll be curious to see what you think about it do you want to double it up and have me read the the comic and watch the movie if it's still available on the netflix well it's a for netflix movie so it's available if you want to do that you can yeah I, I think just I, read the I think just read it 
It, 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 you tell you what, you can do whatever you want. Let me know. Make a decision on that because I want to rewatch the movie because I've only seen the movie once. But I would definitely okay. read the comic first. No, I'm going to read the comic first for sure, for yeah. sure. And then if I got time, which I'm sure I will, it's a. I just looked it up. It's only a two hour movie. It's not a series. It's a two hour movie. Yeah, it's a it's a movie. I I kind of wish they'd have done a series, but I think I I don't know. I, I well, it's it's who's in it. She probably didn't want to do a. Uh, she probably didn't want to do a series. Yeah. So I. And I'm. I hope they make a second movie because they cliffhangered that. But yeah, I I think cool. I think it could be fun. Well, I'm I liked it. To that. So yeah. Okay. Good deal. Well, yeah. hey, did we just do a podcast? We did, except we didn't mention that you're you're on Twitter. I am on the Twitter. Mine is Hav Gonzo Tweets is my handle, and yours is Herring at Herring Red Real. That is correct, and we are also have a Twitter page for the podcast at J and C Talk Comics, and, and that's then you're, and you're, written out. Yeah, and is written out. And then your lovely brother, great brother, did us a solid. And we have a webpage that is havandcharles.com where all the podcasts are very easily found and you can click and, and play. And it's, quite frankly, it's 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 what I use to just go to the latest one so I can uh, self-indulgently hear our latest podcast. That's okay to listen to the podcast. I listen to the podcast. And speaking of listening to the podcast, thank you, everyone. That listens. I, yes. I, I, technology is far beyond my capabilities to understand how it works, but you can see that people are listening, and it's cool that y'all are. I would still, I still long for an email from somebody, just even if it's just to say hi. Is there anybody out there? <laughs> Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, so and uh, of course, uh, thank you, Charles, for doing all the heavy lifting on the production side of this stuff, and for doing the podcast with me as th- always. Th- thank you for doing the podcast with me. Thank you to all of y'all that are listening at home or on the go or at work. You probably shouldn't listen at work, but I don't care. I don't control you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.